all the latest news, views and reactions to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Welcome back to 442 FM. We are back after a couple of weeks break. Uh, apologies about that, our um, listeners, but we are here. I'd just like to start off um, this week's edition of 442 FM by um, some of the immortal words of Johnny Warren. When I'm up in that big football field in the sky, I just want people to remember, I told you so. And uh, ten years after his death, um, we'd, I, I suppose... Rather than doing a, a minute silence, we've d- done two weeks of silence by not recording this uh, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast. Um, but in all seriousness, um, we've we've got t- uh, Tim Palmer to my right. Hello, Welcome back, back. Kevin Ayres, four four two editor. Good evening, mate. And Cronin, you good to be back. So yeah, um, Johnny Warren, ten years after uh, after his death, um, there's been a lot come out this weekend, and uh, yeah, you know, especially after the Wanderers. Being crowned champions of Asia, you know, never has uh, I told you so been so sort of justified. Yeah, I think we're probably as close to his dream as we are far away from it, though, to be honest. I mean, he was not one for compromise, uh, so though he would have been encouraged by the, the advances we've made, he'd still want to have the, uh, the bar set higher than we have at the moment uh, you know he won't be happy until we've got promotion and relegation in the A-League he wouldn't be happy until we uh, had won the World Cup uh, you know I think we're making strides towards his dream but we're not there yet and that should always be the message don't be complacent as someone who was not really mature enough to understand the legacy of Johnny Warren still in the 20s so a young one in amongst the people in this room but it's interesting to see your are you just calling us older? Pretty sure you just called us old. <laughs> you look young, very young kid. <laughs> uh, but it's it's difficult to have a clear perspective on Warren's legacy because you hear so many different opinions from people. But ultimately, I think the message that comes through is that he's a true great of the game in Australia and was always there pushing the agenda for Australian football. Yeah, like Tim, I don't have much to say, but. It's great to see where Australian football is at right now, and obviously there's a long way to go. And obviously his his goal, uh, I remember reading a quote which said, you know, um, qualifying for the World Cup is not enough. When are we going to win it? Now that's the important question. I think we've got a long way to go until that. Um, and being 94th in the FIFA World Rankings does not help, does mm. it? We will come to some soccer chat after this, but I'm uh, talking of Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, are they still drunk from the uh, Asian Cup triumph? Uh, I suppose coming back from Saudi and then having to fly to New Zealand probably doesn't help, but um, they can't even buy a win at the moment. Yeah, I think they've got two interesting problems going on. With the, uh, the ACL, they were committed to a squad, uh, and of course they lost some of the key players from that during the, the off-season. So they were light uh, on the squad that was playing in the ACL, but it's still the, break, the bones of that squad were a squad that played together and knew each other very well. You come back to the, the league and you've got the, the new starts, uh, the new faces, and they're playing like a team with new faces who just don't seem to be behaving cohesively uh, and uh, still struggling to get into first gear. Is the fix of that go with the Asian Cup squad 
and add the, the the sort of new faces in a little bit more organically. Yeah, um, I think I agree with Kevin in that um, the aging cup has definitely affected their campaign. So, um, as Kevin said, they've they've obviously got the strongest squad playing in Asia, um, and, and after the summer transfers where they brought in people, um, you know, they haven't been given time to settle, and they're just being rushed into playing the A League without having settling in. Um, there's no sort of uh, it, the Wanderers aren't a cohesive unit when they're playing in Australia. It is. It's been a very disjointed start to the season, I think, for them. So they've just not been able to, to find this this pace and uh, the strongest lineup yet. Yeah. Well, I think we've got a few signs that uh, Romeo Castellani will probably end up on the right wing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. I mean, and uh, other players like. Yeah. I apologise in advance because I'm going to butcher this every single week. Nikita Ruzkovitska, is that how you say it? Rukovitsia? Ruzkovic, whatever his name is. Rukovitsia? Ruka. And he played on the left wing. Uh, I think a lot of people expect him to play up front, but I actually think left wing will probably be where he ends up because he's kind of just a better Mark Bridge. Uh, <laughs> because like Mark Bridge has done a lot for Western Sydney. He's always chipped in with a lot of crucial goals and he works very hard. But I just get the feeling that uh, Ruka is just a slightly more refined version and we'll probably end up our sin bridge from starting why not and there are a few good signs from him on Friday night if yeah, not the complete I think yeah, I agree I like Ruka on the left there's uh, a speedy attacking one there yeah. type situation I think it'll be hard to keep Bridge out of a lineup, to be honest and um, even in the A-League we've seen Bridge play in midfield um, yeah like I like Bridge but I just think that Ruka is just a, a better player he's a class above yeah, yeah I yeah. think you know Mark Bridge would probably admit it quietly <laughs> to himself, maybe in a in a moment of doubt. But uh, no, I, I I think you can see what the best eleven is going to be. Yeah. But it's not the best eleven. I mean, you yet. can't chuck it out there. You can't. No, you've got to build up these relationships and uh, uh, put people in these positions and surround them with the people they're going to be playing with, and they've just not had the chance to do that competitively. But to give the credit to Phoenix, where it's where it's probably due, um, three wins out of the opening five games, beating Wanderers at home. You know, they, I'm sure they would have bitten everyone's hand off if you would have offered them, uh, you know, sitting fifth in the table on nine points after five games. I think they're having a sensational season so far, uh, and I think I can see them doing better. My one surprise from that result was it wasn't more to be honest uh, going into the game I expected them to score two or three and I, I just didn't think Wanderers were settled enough to put up a decent resistance uh, I was quite surprised they only got one what was really interesting about that game was in terms of stats that was one of the few games you've seen the Wanderers actually dominate in possession not really dominate but as in they, they had a high possession count 54% I think it was equated to nothing to absolutely nothing um, they're just lacking creativity in the midfield well, I think the credit has to go to Wellington because they set up really well to stop the Wanderers playing through you know, the way that they want to play because Wellington have switched in recent weeks to a new formation uh, 4-4-2 Diamond uh, with Rolly Bonavaccia playing as a number 10 and then Michael McGlinchey and uh, Nathan Burns sort of up front but not really playing up front but kind of going wide so McGlinchey's on the left and Burns is on the right and this means that there's no room for Jeremy Brock in the side but from a defensive point of view it's working really well because they've got more numbers in midfield and Bonavacci's doing a good job of dropping deep to pick up the deep line midfielder so here he picked up Trofiro uh, and then he 
move forward to pressure Spiranovic you know, a few times this caused a few problems because he would drop off Spiranovic would get the ball he'd come forward and Bonavaccia would, wouldn't get there quite quick enough to stop Spiranovic but the side effect of that was that because there were so many numbers in midfield because Phoenix had Bonavaccia Rodriguez Vince Lear and Albert Riera behind him Spiranovic didn't really have anyone to pass to so he was sort of forced into long balls over the top anyway so I thought that was a really interesting outcome of the game on Friday night and it'll be interesting to see how Merrick continues with the side in coming weeks Good stuff Adelaide-Sydney the other Friday night game um, equally as cagey um, nil-nil Petkovic Petkovic with a, a goal ruled out from the free kick we uh, does anyone know why? I, I, I believe the ref hadn't blown the whistle that was uh, I didn't think he had to blow the whistle depends whether it's a yeah. ceremonial free kick or not <laughs> genuinely yeah, if, if he's indicated that it's a ceremonial free kick they have to wait for the whistle to blow uh, but if uh, there's no reason for it to be a ceremonial free kick unless somebody's getting booked mm. so that's that so yeah <laughs> uh, uh, and that's pretty much all that happened that game no no I'm just, um, <laughs> I'd we're probably um, a, a little bit lucky uh, you know, Sydney had a fair few chances, and um, although Adelaide, um, you know, came back and uh, Vedran made a few good saves, but Bozza on shootout last night was being uh, very complimentary over over his performance. He kept Sydney in in the game at times, um, but uh, for me, Adelaide are just really difficult to beat at home. I think it's clashed two titans this season. You know, shaping up to be Adelaide, Sydney, and victory, uh, the top end of the table by the end of the season. And it's still very early in the season to be making those calls. But uh, I will just bum myself up a little bit here. From the last two weeks, I have had one tip go wrong. Uh, I'm just unbeatable in tipping at the moment, and I tip this to be a draw. Uh, and I think you know. Looking at it before and after, you can't really argue with that. These are two teams playing very, very well. They're both on top of the the, the style that they're going to be playing, and uh, a deadlock in, uh, is probably the expected outcome. Uh, if anything, I'm just surprised that it wasn't slightly higher scoring. Uh, I don't think either of these teams' defence up to now has been that impressive for them both to keep each other at bay with both get such an attacking firepower. I think it says that the defence and goalkeepers have stepped up even further. Galakovic has always been great, but Vedran really stepped up this weekend too. Mm. I, think, I think the goalposts were the men of the match, though, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had goalposts in my dream team, so uh, that was all right. <laughs> um, but no, actually, um, Sydney and Adelaide, whilst they've got the um, sort of middle table um, or middle to top table potent attack, um, they've both only conceded three goals. Uh, which is the the joint best in the league? The next is Central Coast Mariners conceding five. So um, so yeah. Uh, on that point, uh, we probably haven't given enough credit to Adelaide for improving a lot defensively like this season. Because last year they were all over the shop at times, and they wanted to play their possession style, and it kind of came at a compromise to the defence. Whereas this time they've sort of they've reined it in a bit they're not playing as high up the pitch and they're not looking as vulnerable when the opposition has the ball as compared to last season so I think credit, big credit has to go to Gonbell for that it, uh, yeah I mean I think it was, yeah. it was their obvious Achilles heel yeah. last season the defence was just shocking they, they panicked every time they were trying to play out from uh, the back 
uh, and they've got on top of that. But I still think that if they're properly challenged, I can see them crumbling again, to be honest. I'd just like to say Adelaide Melbourne victory again. But with, you know. Just like, every uh, week. Just, yeah, <laughs> can we play you every week? Adelaide and Melbourne, Adelaide and Victory every week, and Sydney and Western Sydney Wanderers every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, screw the rest of them. You know, that'll do. That was the only thing. Yes, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, the Sydney Derby at the ANZ. Yes. <laughs> Um, Newcastle um, Melbourne victory uh, probably a, a bit of a get out of jail free card for uh, for victory there they um, Newcastle looked dominant and if it wasn't for that uh, Kalfala um, uh, goal 30, 36 minutes in uh, you know it probably could have been three or four yeah well both Newcastle goals came from set pieces but I think this was just one of those performances where they were able to keep the opposition at arm's length as compared to other games where it's just felt like they've just been been pressured by the opposition the whole time whereas here it felt like the victory were actually struggling to get on the ball and play their usual style and part of that was because the Jets man-marked in midfield so Kantorowski man-marked Finkler uh, Alan Welsh was on Cara, no Alan Welsh was on Valeri and uh, Caravella was on uh, Mark Milligan and all these all three stuck really tight and did a good job in their responsibilities off the ball which prevented Victory from playing through midfield as they want to do and that was a really good way of stubborn side being able to hold them at arm's length so I was impressed by the Jets not in all round I still think there's a lot to be worked on in open play getting the ball high up the pitch and actually creating chances Apart from set pieces, but defensively, this was a big improvement. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just dying. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Barisha scored again. He's a monster. Mm. What a beast. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> He's good at scoring goals. Yeah. He's very good. <laughs> yeah, which, um, which brings us probably um, quite timely onto uh, a team who are struggling for, for goals. And you, you know, it's it's a surprise that you take away their biggest goal scorer, and and then they can't really find the net as often as they can. Biggest goal scorer, best right back in the country, and uh, the goalkeeper. Three huge losses uh, at the moment for Roar, and paying the price. Mm. Plus a bit of unrest clearly in, within the ranks uh, with Liam Miller. Uh, although having said that, you know Newcastle Jets lost Johnny Steele. Uh, a lot of speculation as to what that was about, but he just genuinely, as far as I can gather, having checked with a few people, he just seems genuinely unhappy. Uh, he really regrets leaving New York for Newcastle. And I guess, you know, when you put the two against each other, they're not quite in the same ballpark. <laughs> well, we tend to forget that these players are also people. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to be unhappy. And yes. probably uh, just what happened there. So I think, yeah, they've just... Uh, he says... It, everyone's saying that it's not permanent but it looks like it almost certainly will be uh, he's going to try and get his head together over the next few weeks and see if he can bear it but I don't think we'll see him back and as a result he was being as far as I can gather allegedly was being a disruptive influence take him out of the equation and they're drawing 2-2 with the, the leaders uh, with one time leaders mm. uh, it makes a difference meanwhile out of Brisbane Roar <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Young and Stefanuto that Jamie Young Stefanuto Liam Miller just a lot of unrest. A lot of unrest. What was really interesting, though, was after the game, um, Mulvey said he was happy with the way Brisbane were playing. Well, they played all right. 
problems. They created yeah. a lot of chances yeah. and just didn't finish them off. Like I just get the vibe as though he, he doesn't know what to do. I think he knows what to do. He needs to be, he knows that he really needs to go out and get Borussia back. <laughs> you know, you create those chances and previously Borussia would have buried him. Uh, and now they're relying on other people who just aren't as good. Uh, Katratos is just wasteful, in my opinion. Mm. Yes. I th- you know, I, I think he is a, a good young player, um, but I don't think he can lead the line. No. He's, he's, he's no Berisha, that's the problem. Mm. Katishi may yet turn out to be Berisha further down the line, but he's not there yet. Uh, and as a result, you know, they're just not going to score goals until somebody steps up. You, you see, you see parallels um, in in the Premier League with Liverpool. You know, it's, it, you take away Suarez out of out of that team. You know, it wasn't just all the goals. Obviously, that's the his main attribute. But the way he led the line and uh, and Barisha was exactly the same. He was tireless. He was running in behind, coming in deep. You know, bringing other players into the game and. Uh, and when you're playing one up front, you need that sort of dynamic player. And I, I, from what I've seen, uh, Katishi just isn't isn't quite good to match up to Bez. Well, he just Barisha. What he does really well is just occupy defenders. So like, you can't just have one person worrying about him. You've got to have like the whole backline's got to be tuned on to Barisha. And because he's always on the move, he's kind of just causing problems for everyone. So he's just occupying those defenders, which creates space for other players. So if we continue to Premier League parallels, I like to think of it the same way as when Chelsea signed Diego Costa this season because you know, rather than having Fernando Torres pretending to be a footballer up front, <laughs> they had uh, Costa you know, actually occupying defenders and actually pushing them back and creating space for other players like Hazard and Oscar, which is why those two players are having such good seasons so far. And we're seeing the same thing with the victory where Borussia is pushing back to defenders. So that creates space for like, players like Barbarossas and Finkler, who were both having great seasons. So I think there's a good, there's a lot to be said, obviously, for a striker that can occupy defenders. And Farisha's the best in the league at it. Definitely, definitely. And like you say as well, you know, uh, going in the, the big personality, you've got Barisha leading at the front. You had Franic uh, in defence and uh, Theo at the back as well. Again, big personalities and Liam Miller as well. You know, with uh, strong uh, leadership qualities and right in the middle of the park, strip that whole side. Uh, bear of that leadership and you're relying almost entirely on Matt Smith and Matt McKay uh, and it's just not the same strength of character that they had before What is with Mulvey always playing James Donaghy out of right back? It's so frustrating personally because you can just see that this Brisbane side needs two fullbacks who can get up the line and overlap because that allows the two winners to come inside and Donaghy He's a good player, but he's just not a right back as compared to someone like James Hingeth, who, you know, probably technically not as good, but he's just he offers those qualities that Brisbane need in that position, and Donaghy just doesn't. No, I must admit the, the Donaghy obsession baffles me as well. Uh, you know, aside from the, the own goal problem he has, uh, I just don't see what Mulvey sees in him either. He's a perfectly good centre back. Yeah, so yeah, apart from the own It's kind of like he just has to shoot one into the yeah. side. And it's, it's odd. Yeah. From one team that's lost a star striker, oh, to another team actually. <laughs> a, uh, a, a city team that has lost their uh, <laughs> their via um, and it's still scored three goals. You realised there, wasn't it? <laughs> it was all planned. Of course. Yes, another uh, perhaps tale of 
unhappiness leading to an omission leading to a bit more contentment amongst the ranks perhaps at City uh, Villa's exit suddenly people banging and goals mm-hmm. Williams goal David Williams goal was pretty darn good I must mm. say he had like two players converging on him at the same time to be able to get a shot away and place it where he did is pretty good the build-up to his goal is what he was chasing the ball down. He flew into a ta- into a tackle that sort of ricocheted, and before the defender even knew where the ball was, he was on his feet and and go- going towards goal. So you know, I, I thought he was a real handful. It was a it was it was really good to see him uh, sort of step up and and try and fill um, a, a lost number seven's shirt. I think the interesting thing is uh, them signing Miller almost immediately after the game was finished. Uh, which uh, on a short term short term injury replacement deal uh, they next play Brisbane on December the 7th uh, I'd be curious to see if he's still there and if he plays and yeah. what kind of reception he gets um, I mean logically it's, it makes sense because they haven't got Robert Coron until yeah. December yeah. and Madoc is out for a couple of weeks as well Yeah. so they had someone like Paulo Retray who's decent but if you can get someone like Miller in on a short term deal I think you go for that yeah, yeah. yeah especially a club that can afford it probably makes perfect sense and yeah, yeah. Uh, the FFA will authorise any amount because it's an injury replacement oh, okay and the way that Aaron Moyes stepped up this season Wanderers fans and must be you know scratching their head why he didn't get more of a chance to, <coughs> to play in this position last, last year it is a bit peculiar in my opinion I think he's always been rated amongst Wanderers fans as a like a top-class player, well, an emerging talent anyway, um, and he's always had, he's always showed potential in being able to deliver the goods, um, and this season he's certainly done that. Uh, he's just such a good technician; he picks at a pass with ease. I think one problem I have with him is when he's uh, against Brisbane when he was getting man marked, and he just he's, he often struggled to get out of trouble when Bris, uh, when man man. Melbourne, sorry, not Manchester. When Melbourne were converting <laughs> from defence into attack, and so when they were trying to start a counter attack, he often found himself in trouble, um, unable to navigate a player who was uh, pressing onto him. Um, and so I, I think he's got to work on that. But other than that, I think he's been quite good. Whether or not that really, uh, whether or not he should have been called up to the Australian squad is a different issue. But Certainly, when he was at the Wanderers, he was uh, desperate for the. The spot in the team being taken by Ono Shinji mm. uh, and Popovich had a, a choice where he either played his marquee where the marquee should play or he played a young player who was also good in that position but was also good in this more defensive central midfield role uh, so Ian ended up inevitably uh, either on the bench when he complained too bitterly about it or uh, playing further deep, deeper than uh, he was happier with Moving to cities, have the opportunity to, to press that a little bit higher. Well, he's got a lot of freedom at cities, so that's a move around in midfield because they've got a three-man midfield, and Moy's kind of. If you had to call one of them a number ten, it's it's Moy. Yeah. So he's got a lot of freedom. Yeah. He's certainly relishing that. I think we tend to get a bit overexcited by him because he can hit a long pass, and I must admit it's, it's very sexy when someone can hit a long pass. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I'm bit concerned about you talking about that while you're wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I, st- I still can't sh- quite shake the feeling that it's a lot of work to be done with Moy to be consistent week in, week out, because he's had a lot of ball in the last couple of games and he's 
his end product is always just a bit iffy, if that's the best way of putting it. It's sometimes just a bit slow to release the ball. Brisbane game was a good indicator of what Moy can do at his best. So hopefully he can hold that from coming. I think, uh, yeah, I think he needs more time in that role. But you know, it's it's a, a role at Socceroos level that we're crying out for. You know, yeah. for more contenders. Well, it frustrates me that he gets caught up for the Socceroos because it's like, just let the boy play a bit more. Like, yeah. He's only had yeah. five games in the A League, being like a permanent starting role, mm. and now we're suddenly jumping all over, like putting him in the Socceroos. See how he goes there. It's just pressure that they don't need. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of. Getting them playing in in the national, being in the national setup from, an, from from as soon as they show potential, because if they step up and be on the same park as Tim Cahill and uh, and some of the other big names, and they're a little bit overawed by the occasion, if he's over in Japan and he, you know, he, he probably won't play. If, if he does, he might come on for you know the last ten, fifteen or something. Um, but it's how he manages within that that environment, and if he. <coughs> And st- um, yeah, stand up as a as a personality within that dressing room as well. Also, you know, calling up the youngsters, uh, getting them in, into the environment, as well as helping them mentally, it can also help them with the career as well. You know, and Luke Wilkshire got the move from Bristol City up uh, into the higher reaches on the back of his call up to the Socceroos, not necessarily on the back of his performances for Bristol City. Uh, was it City or Rovers? City, not City. Yeah. Um, but you know, getting players into the national setup can be the fillip for the, the career that takes them onto a higher level, and we pay we get reap the dividends further on. Mm. And anyway, we're getting we're ahead of ourselves, guys. We've got a soccer route chat in part two. Oh, sorry, Why are we sorry. Getting, come on, guys, <laughs> it was my fault. You know, <laughs> slap my arm wrists. Um, but to go back to the uh, to the Brisbane game, one of my favourite parts, which maybe sums up Brisbane's look at the moment, was when there was some really nice football, probably one of the best moves of the game, and it landed to Broche on the edge of the box, and he was body checked by the ref. <laughs> I thought that was it was just typical of um, of Brisbane's look at the moment. And um, the final game of the weekend, the Mariners hosted Perth Glory, and um, and it was glory for Perth. Again, another one I uh, tipped and very proud of it too. I right score, honestly, or do you, are you just going I windows draw? Just going one okay. windows a draw. Um, but yeah, I think Mariners just got so much work to do. Uh, interesting team selection as well. Leaving Rose on the bench, Anderson out, and who was the other one they left out? Josh Rose. Uh, yeah, no, he was on the bench. There was somebody else missed out too. Uh, Montgomery. Montgomery, of course. Uh, They've got a schedule, a busy schedule coming up, but even still, mm-hmm. uh, they've got to be better than that. And I just think they've got a long, long, long season ahead of them. And Phil's got his work cut out to keep his job after till after Christmas. Yeah, defence was a bit shambolic in my opinion. Um, in the second half, there were about what three or four one-on-one chances for Andy Kia. Yeah, and you could just see that they, they weren't holding a line together. Um, did did anyone know just... who Jacob Poscalero was before he played in that game? Yes, because I'd seen the press release saying he'd been signed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, no. And a taken his photograph. But still couldn't pick him out in an ID parade. I honestly never heard of him. Like most players in A League, yeah. they're making ADB, you've heard them names getting mm. thrown around in National Youth League. I've never heard of Poscalero and he just he's not bad. It's not bad. 
but he's no Zach Anderson. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is true. It's probably very political if we went into that. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a sad indictment on Mariners because for nine, ten years, their entire raison d'etre has been a strong defence. Yeah. Uh, it's what's kept them in the A League competition competitively uh, since day dot, and it's not there at the moment at all. Uh, they're missing, you know, real resolve, steel, uh, and technical ability in the back line. And it's only going to get worse. I think, you know, the position at the moment where they're third bottom of the league still flatters them. Uh, and it's really only because uh, a Wanderers have, have had a disjointed start and Brisbane Roar have had a disjointed start. I can see them going to freefall by the end of the uh, season. And on Perth, they, um, Mitch Nichols was uh, interviewed after the game and he was um, actually not very happy with how the team how the team played. He said um, some of the passing was a lot, uh, let, let the team down and, um, uh, and yeah, it was by no means one of their better performances of the season. Yet they still come away with a 1-0 win and hence why they're sat at the top of the table four wins out of five. I think, you know, it's testament to Perth Glory that they can play that badly and win. Uh, but also, they haven't really been playing great football at all up to now. I mean, they've been getting results, but it's it's pretty, some of it's quite agricultural. Uh, well, their whole game plan seems to just be getting numbers in and around the box kind of thing. And it's it's not particularly sophisticated or anything, it's just... Mm. But it works. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It, it works, but... Well, is it sustainable over a long season? I don't think so. I'll put, I'll put my money on the table and say Perth will go into a bit of a slump. I think they'll make the finals. Um, I think ten dollar bet. <laughs> Let's go five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do think they'll make the finals. Um, I don't think they'll be top of the table by the end of the season. No. Uh, I think uh, there's, there's stick, too much quality around them. I'll stick my neck out and say they won't make the finals. Yeah, yeah, they won't make it. I said that Over before the season. season started. Over so, five dollars on the line, guys. Yeah, we're big money stakes. I'm Scottish, you know. We don't give away five dollars easily. Please gamble <laughs> responsibly. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean it's more. If they make the finals, it's because there's four teams worse than them. And yeah. I think there are four teams worse than them. Uh, I just feel like they rely on momentum a lot, which is yeah, it works. Yeah. And it's got them to the top of the table in the first five games. I'm not holding them up as paragons of great football <laughs> by any manner of means. I just think that they've got enough in them uh, and to to get through, get enough wins to get into the top six and possibly yeah. the top four. And do you know, that, that's another thing that surprised me, actually, um, when you're talking about potentially how um, Perth don't really have that sophisticated game plan um, in Mitch Nichols' interview after the game, they said, you know, how much do you work on the opposition and how to sort of counteract him? And he said they don't do anything during the week. They, wa- they watch a video of last, last week's game the day before, um, but it's all, they're all focused on their own game and, uh, and not very little about the opposition, which at the moment, top of the table, it's working, but that probably fits into your um, uh, um, sort of 
thoughts on it's probably going to be the wheels are going to come off at some point. For a tactical analyst, it's probably not the most ideal situation. <laughs> but um, someone once famously said, I, I can't, I don't remember his name, but he said, you know, keep it simple and that will get you the results. And I think that's proving to be true at the moment for Perth Glory. They're keeping it simple, um, not doing anything sophisticated. And what you just said was really interesting. Mm. I'm actually sitting here shocked that they. Nichols said that. Did that they didn't Yeah, I have to say, I'm surprised anyone would ever admit to that. But it, go, it, you know, it goes back to what we're saying: is unsophisticated tactics, and it works. Uh, and if you're not bothering about trying to outthink the opposition mm. at a level where you know we're not exactly dealing with Mourinho, mm. uh, perhaps you know Kenny Lowe's simplistic attitude might might work. It's working for him so far. And I still say, I'm just looking at the table. I still can see them beating everybody except the top three, beneath, uh, the three beneath them. Would anyone be opposed to calling in Lose Mourinho? Yes. 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 Okay. Everyone in the world. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on then. Um, okay, well, let's just leave it there. It's a bit of bumper part one, so join us um, after a little bit of a message um, for part two with some Socceroos chat and a little bit of a uh, who do we sing for? Get the new issue of 442 for our special report on David Villa at Melbourne City. Was he a hero or a villain? Also, meet the next gen of Next Gems, the latest Aussie teams bypassing the A-League to dazzle overseas. We speak one-on-one with Sydney FC star Shane Smeltz, who answers your questions, while former Socceroos Craig Moore talks us through his life and the 10 key moments that changed everything. Plus... Meet the trailblazers who are leading the way for African Heritage Australians who are lighting up the A-League. And on the eve of the Asian Cup, we ask his Australian boss, Michael Brown, if we're actually ready, and how much are they relying on the Socceroos to make it a success. Plus, Ned Zelich gives us his perfect 11. We find out what makes Diego Costa tick, and we rate the world's biggest derbies. All in your new issue of 442. Don't miss it. And we're back for part two, and let's talk about all things Asian. Um, and we'll start off with um, the champions of Asia, Western Sydney Wanderers. Who do we sing for? RBD. <laughs> I love the invite to the uh, they had the civic welcome on uh, Monday night, and uh, at the bottom of it, quite in bold, big bold letters was, this is strictly no flares and no alcohol uh, <laughs> event. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's great, uh, fantastic stuff, uh, and you know, who cares about the referee? He'll be long forgotten. The only thing that'll be remembered is the name and the plaque. The, Ante Kovic in that in the second leg of the final was inspired. Like if if he doesn't it'd be up there for the Asian Player of the Year after not not just that performance, but also. Um, you know the rest of his uh, performances during during the Asian uh, Champions League. Uh, that one save um, where it was behind him and he just flung his right arm down and it trickled across the goal line and just missed the post was, uh, you know, one of the best saves um, I've ever seen. Uh, and to say it was in that such big an occasion for such big a prize at the end of it um, uh, was was just brilliant. Cronin, you must have been uh, pretty chuffed after. Pretty chuffed. Um, remember being really tired after the game. It was so early. But anyway, yeah. Or late. Mm-hmm. Know which way you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kovic was. 
coach had a great game, and obviously he's been, um, you know, the stalwart in, um, I guess, defence in that. Al Hilal just so ruthless in attack, so ruthless in attack, and, and to be honest, um, Wanderers were very lucky in that. They didn't concede one goal at all. Uh, and, and we often talk about the Wanderers having a really strong attack, uh, defence being really compact. I don't think you could say they were ridiculously compact in that game. Like, it, you know, as time went on, you kept on thinking, you know, Al Hilal were going to get something into the back of the net. Um, and Sh- Shannon Cole was all over the place, in my opinion, mm. down the right. Um, all over the place in a good way or a bad way? Bad way. Uh. Bad way. Very bad. <laughs> Getting run over. I, I just think, to be honest, Wanderers were quite lucky to come away with the win and they have coverage to that. I think everybody, even the Wanderers, would admit that you know they, they got the, the rub of the green on that mm. one. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about uh, referees' results when you've had 180 minutes of football to score a goal by any other yep. means. Uh, yeah. and can't rely on penalties to win your matches mm. but the scenes uh, at the airport were just amazing when Brilliant. they came back uh, and you know it's it's just a sign of how much the Wanderers have brought to football in this country in just the space of two three years uh, you know we always knew that the, the fans were going to be immense but to actually come away with Premiership and an Asian Championship it's just insane mm. uh, Fantastic for the sport in this country, uh, and great for the Wanderers. It's it's an unbelievable story. Three years in, and they're the champions of uh, of Asia. It, you know, we, we the week after the the game, we were having a look at sort of fairy tale stories of football from elsewhere in the world, and um, you know, there isn't really anywhere that compares to this. No, uh, no other team or not even really player has had this sort of rise to glory. Um, uh, and uh, you know it's it's amazing. Like we come back to mention Johnny Warren at the start. Uh, you know this must be uh, uh, you know just so uh, pleasing for anyone involved in, uh, in in Johnny Warren's life. And so it was quite an interesting interview with Les Murray yesterday, where they were talking about their uh, friendship and how they see the sport in Australia going and and, and their vision and. And this is just brilliant. I, I, I absolutely love how the, the A League has just been represented so well by uh, by the Wanderers this year. And um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's only going to grow our league further and uh, and the reputation, which is you know, I, I think that's brilliant. Biggest result of Australian football, in my opinion. Um, and, and many people talk about two thousand five still bigger. Well, people do talk about two thousand five. You're right, um, but I feel as though this is just going to. Uh, I mean, after the 2005 incident, the A-League didn't... Um, like, there wasn't a, an exponential rise until, you know, a few years later. And I think we might see that after this, uh, when the A-League starts to, you know, be, become a better I think, I think this is the, the 2005 moment for the A-League. I mm. think in 2005, you saw the, so- the interest in Socceroos soar uh, yeah. like never before. Uh, I mean, 442 wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for... 2005 and uh, the game against Japan uh, we owe Tim Cahill our very existence I think to be honest um, but I, I think as you say you know this is going to be a key moment for uh, the A-League and I think you know must terrify AFL and NRL 
I can't imagine any AFL or NRL team getting met at the airport with a sea of fans like that. Mm. Uh, it's just something very unique and special. And, and it was great scenes down at Parramatta on Monday night as well. Are we there? No. No, 442 representative down at Parramatta. Sorry, mate, I'm studying for exams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have no one to sing to. All right. Um, but, uh, so that, that brings us on to talking of Asia. Um, we will go on to the Socceroos, um, who will be playing Japan next week. And um, the squad was announced at uh, the end of last week, and we, we've sort of touched on uh, Aaron Moy. Um, mentioned uh, Nichols a little bit, but we'll go into um, uh, into that a little bit further. Just about players from the A League. Uh, Antonis um, was uh, unfortunately in a car crash on the way to the airport, um, so he's not travelled with the squad, which um, was announced this morning. Um, but I, I believe Kevin has uh, said it's not that serious as far as he's as aware. As far as I know, it's, uh, the reason he didn't fly was simply because of the concussion fear. Uh, he had minor head and neck injuries and they just didn't want him to fly. In case anything flared up on the flight, uh, there's conspiracy theories that the car that ran into him might have been driven by Graham Arnold to keep him around. For the <laughs> Don't believe that's true, but I haven't checked with him. <laughs> I just could not pull that past Graham Arnold. Just seems like that. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, Kevin Ayers exclusive. <laughs> but, um, Join us next week for more slander. <laughs> Can we check like the airport toll and see if Graham Arnold? Some CCTV footage. But even then, if I was a senior FC fan, I wouldn't be too worried about Antonis missing a week. They've got players who can back up. Certainly, they've, they've got plenty of depth, but yeah, it's true. I think the, the interesting thing that came out of the squad announcement for me was um, a Ange saying that uh, this was pretty much a squad that's going to he's going to pick for the Asian Cup. Uh, the sudden reintroduction of Moy and Nichols sort of raised my eyebrow with that. I wouldn't have got them necessarily as shoe-ins at all for the Asian Cup, not even as bolters necessarily. I think there's there's better deserving bolters. Uh, which brings me next to your dot point uh, about uh, Tommy Urich. I think he may have been left off one. I think he might be nursing a groin strain at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but two, also, I think he would have missed at least two Wanderers games, including one of the catch-up games because of the the ACL catch-ups. Mm-hmm. I think he's just trying to be kind to the Wanderers at least by uh, not necessarily ripping the heart out of the team uh, for those for the friendly fixture. I'd certainly hope that come uh, middle of December when the, the final squad's being announced that Juric is in there. Yeah. I'd be really surprised if he, if he wasn't. The only thing that, that could hold him back is, uh, as you said, this injury. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he, he hasn't played a huge amount of football, has he really? sort of come on and played the second half of games in the, in the Champions League. Um, so, but no, like, when, I've, when, when he has come on, he's just looked head and shoulders above uh, anyone else in that uh, in that Wanderers team, uh, and I'd really like it, like to see him in the soccer is set up. Yeah. To be honest, I'd like to see Beanie in the soccer is set up as well. I think I'm still not convinced by Beanie. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I think he brings a bit of speed, but just not convinced by the rest of his game at the moment. Well, I think he just gives Postecoglou. I think he gives Postecoglou a you know a, another option in attack. Um, and as we've spoken about previously, you know, soccerers are just a bit one-sided in the way they play, uh, too mon- monotonous and predictable. 
And so I think both Urich and um, Abini would offer something different. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can go over this for days, but soccer is, it's not about finding another number nine. It's about changing the system to suit another number nine. And as long as we continue to play the crossing-based game, the only player that's going to fit in there is Tim Cahill, maybe Josh Kennedy. But other players like Urich and Jute, they, they're not great in the air. And that's what the system is all about. Is players, it's a striker who's good in the air. But that's a chicken and an egg scenario. Though. Are we playing that way because that's what we've got yeah. in the team, exactly. or do we? Are we playing KO because that's the way we play? Yeah. Uh, and I think at the moment we're playing that way because we've got KO and that's our strength and playing to our strength. Yeah. If we were to introduce Urich or something like that, we would play a different way. I yeah. would hope. You would think so, but uh, at the moment. Cables better than your Absolutely, basically yeah. decision making. I think you know if we, there's no harm in having more strings to your bow. Yeah. So we, you know, give cable but one the, half and give Urich uh, another half, and then that way we've got more more flexible. The time, to, the time to have done that would have been against Qatar. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It should have, it should have happened much earlier. Yeah. And Cahill's got a tendency to um, to lose his head at these uh, in these bigger games. You know, so. Uh, there's probably going to be at least one game in the Asian Cup that he won't be playing from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> from suspension. That's anyone? <laughs> yeah. Um, you probably won't get great odds on that, would you? It's interesting, probably. actually, to check. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers were $5.30 to win on, uh, a, in the final. So Bookie's not necessarily on top of everything. Mm. I wonder what they what odds they were for for winning it before the tournament started. Oh, they must have been down there with one of the yeah off the chart. Yeah, or if anyone put any money on it, if you know of anyone who won that bet, feel free to get in touch with four four six. Surely somebody west of Parramatta has yeah. uh, had that on the slot. Put ten bucks on. Yeah, oh, that'd be that'd be an amazing bet. <laughs> um, so, talking about the the. the Almost um, positive future of some of these younger players that might be coming into the the soccery setup. We'll look at what has been a not so positive past as we slip down to ninety fourth um, in the FIFA World Rankings. You know uh, these uh, these rankings are not that much to look into. You know there's a lot of the things that don't really make sense. But uh, uh, people say that, but actually, you know, it's it's based on a mathematical formula, and you can put too much emphasis on it. But by the same token, I think it is a fair reflection of what has been going on in our medium past, not necessarily our short-term past, but our medium past. And what you can draw from that is that, yes, we've been losing a recent run of games, but if you look at the chart, you can see the rot set in about 2008 uh, when we uh, went into Asia. We didn't have to play World Cup, play Asian Cup qualifiers for a year, and we just didn't regenerate after 2006. And then from 2012, early 2012 onwards, we went into virtual freefall uh, because we'd paid the price of not regenerating, not bringing new players through. Uh, and it's a long-term thing, and it's unfortunate that it's come through Angie's reign. It's no reflection on him. He's not helped things by being a, a team in transition for the past year. Mm. Uh, but that, that's the price we've had to pay because Holger and Pim had a short-term view. They're not Australian, you can't blame them. Yeah, yeah. 
I can and do on a regular basis. That doesn't put Ange above uh, a criticism either, though, uh, to yeah. be fair. Um, a little bit concerned by some selection of choices and direction he's gone in at the moment, but got plenty of time to redeem himself. This, this certainly needs a, a really big performance next week against Japan. You know, I, I think everyone is um, probably fairly sure that it's going to be uh, a loss over there, but a big performance, get a draw, you know, actually come out of the game with some positives. And, and, uh, and I've got every faith that that will happen. You know, the Socceroos tend to get up for the big games and uh, you know, yeah. and, and this is the one that they need to get up for. Are people actually saying that they're not going to do well over there? Because I would have thought I'm pretty confident. But they need a good performance. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not confident at all, to be honest. What are we going to do? We're going to cross the ball. We're going to lose. We're, we're, we're going to draw. Japan? Shocking. I would yeah. think if we come away with a draw, I'll be. That's what I would tip and expect. Yeah. I don't expect to have a thumping win by oh, the Mandarins. No. I don't even expect to sneak a win, to be honest. But we always get up for the big games, and I'm. Japan, we always do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like I, I think a, a draw. It's not the result, but it's, it's the performance. It is the performance, yeah, performance yeah. With, without a doubt. I, I, think it's, I think they need a win. I just, they just need the winning feeling back in to the squad. This is why I'm surprised that we're not slitting any more uh, friendlies between now and the Asian Cup. I honestly thought we'd have tried to squeeze at least one or two in during the camp yeah. uh, to get that confidence of a couple of easy wins, hopefully. Yeah. There, there was a rumour about a, um, a Socceroo friendly in the first week of January um, that hasn't been confirmed nor denied. Um, but the, yeah. I'm sure we could organise you know, a match against America Small or something. <laughs> My Sunday league team would probably play them if they, <laughs> if they needed a game. Um, but no, there's no reason why they couldn't be playing another Asian Cup team that's, that's here. Most teams right. will, uh, will, well, squads will land in Australia mid December at the yeah. latest. So there's, you know, two weeks to, yeah. to get a couple of games. and there, there must be an opportunity for them to, to squeeze in more friendlies. And they need the friendlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think worst, worst comes to worst, they'll probably just play an intra-squad friendly or, like, you know, versus a team like Sydney Olympic behind closed doors or something like that, which isn't good enough. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's not good enough. I saw, I was looking through my old picks, actually, just recently, and we played Sydney United. Uh, yeah. What? A year and eighteen months ago, and I just I, when I was looking at it, I was just baffled. But thought that was a great idea. What's the What's the what point? Earth is the point of doing that? We've literally just said that the Socceroos only get up for big games. So what's the point in getting them a not even a friendly game against a, a, a state league team or a or, or a local side? We like we need to be playing like a Serbia equivalent before the World Cup. Someone that's actually going to give us a game and. Uh, and, and you know, and they're going to have to take seriously because the game, the, the the actual tournament kicks off in a week. I think Palestine, Palestine might be the, the go. Palestine, yeah. Well, a lot of the Asian top teams are playing each other in the next in this upcoming international break. Yeah, um, we, we obviously are too. We're yeah. No, I think we'd, we'd need to line up something where we can actually go into this game on the back of a couple of wins and have nailed that final first 11 yeah. and get them playing together at least once or twice uh, before we start playing other teams. Because uh, at the moment we still seem not to have settled in the first 11. We're still not building up those relationships properly. The defence is still over the sh- all over the shop. And, uh, Who's going to be the back four? Exactly. I mean, you know, my cat's guess is probably as good as our guess, yeah. as far as that is concerned. 
Can you carry into the pod next week? My cat. <laughs> does actually watch a lot of football, as you said. Probably more than David. Right, okay, well, we'll um, uh, that's the probably wrap up part two there. Um, we've done a little bit of an Asian wrap, and uh, join us again for part three where we preview the upcoming game of the Hyundai League um, and give you a little bit of a, uh, a, a taste of what's in the mag. Get the new issue of 442 for our special report on David Villa at Melbourne City. Was he a hero or a villain? Also, meet the next gen of Next Gens, the latest Aussie team bypassing the A League to dazzle overseas. We speak one-on-one with Sydney FC star Shane Smeltz, who answers your questions, while former soccer rude Craig Moore talks us through his life and the 10 key moments that changed everything. Plus, meet the trailblazers who are leading the way for African Heritage Australians who are lighting up the A-League. And on the eve of the Asian Cup, we ask his Australian boss, Michael Brown, if we're actually ready, and how much are they relying on the soccer roos to make it a success. Plus, Ned Zelich gives us his perfect 11, we find out what makes Diego Costa tick, and we rate the world's biggest derbies. All in your new issue of 442. Don't miss it. And we're back for part three. We'll go straight into Newcastle Jets against Brisbane Raw on Friday night. Um, yeah, so um, the two teams who are struggling for, for a win. Is it going to be a draw? Are they both going to lose? I think this is going to be a cracking match, actually. I think this is good. this has the, the match of the round potential on it, apart from the fact Sydney are playing victory. But ignoring that one, this uh, this is going to be quite crucial. Uh, if either of these teams wants to get out of the mire they're in, they need to get a win. But yeah, I think you're probably right. It will end up a draw, won't it? <laughs> probably a scoring draw at that. Of all the teams that Brisbane would want to play next, it's Newcastle. Who they lost to three times last season. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Newcastle on a brand new pitch. Actually, thinking more about it, I can see Newcastle winning this one 2 0, to be honest. Joel Griffiths is going to have a heyday. Uh, and I can see them just taking advantage. Home, home turf, brand new home turf. Just on home turf, I heard that um, right after the Asian Cup, they're having like some. Monsters truck sort of Again? thing. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> Which is going to like <laughs> spending a fortune on new turf only to rip it all up. Exactly. Again. That's great. Good, good work, Hunter Stadium. Is um is, so? Is Kevin Hayes going Tino win? I am home win. Yep. Ten. Lock it in. Lock it. Do you want a friend? <sighs> we'll come back to you, Cronin. <laughs> um, I think I think Brisbane. You know, desperate times calls with desperate measures, and I think they're going to, uh, you know, play well, or attempt to play well anyway. So I'm going for a two new win to Brisbane. Ooh, controversial. That'll send Newcastle one nil. So I was in a way two. I'm in a one nil to ten. Yeah. I will go. I'll, I'll back the draw. So I'll go. I'll go one one. And then, um, and then the Adelaide Wellington Phoenix on Saturday afternoon. Tim? Wellington are going to get roasted. That's my prediction. These are good matchups, by the way. Mm. Yeah. It is actually. It's not a it bad would game. Be actually good matchups. Yeah. But it would be a good game if you know Wellington didn't have like half their squad away on international duty. So they're going to have to go into this game with a completely oh, new pair of fullbacks, yeah. Yeah. completely revamped back four, plus they're not going to have uh, McGlinchey and they're not going to have Got Burns. So 
now they got burns. They've got still burns. Yeah, burns. burns. But do they have musket? They don't have Phantom because he got injured. They don't have Boxall because he's away on international duty. So they're going to have to bring someone like Brindle South, who, if you've never heard of him, exactly. Yeah. And so Adelaide, we know, have Syria and Mobile. Yeah. And the whole entire first strength lineup like to attack down the flanks. Wellington have got. Oh, they're going to rip them on you, aren't they? Absolutely ripped them on you. 5 0 to Adelaide. Adelaide. We'll rip them. Kevin, Kevin's going 5 0. Cronin. 4 0 Adelaide. Oh, it's going to be a tie score. Is, is Tim going to go for another 20 0? <laughs> 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 I'll put the last week's predictions. Apparently, I went 6 0 in Brisbane, Sydney. 10 0 to Melbourne City in Melbourne Victory. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> 13 7. Yeah, but you got that one right. You got that one. You weren't even here. We predicted you like the most ridiculous answers, and you still got the same amount of points as I did. Yeah, I'll say Adelaide. 3 now. 3 now. 3 now. Okay, I'm going for a 13 7 thriller. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think Phoenix have got a goal in them, so, um, so I'm, I'm going to go 3 1. Yeah, but keep in mind that Adelaide have an FFA Cup match on Wednesday. Um, and so, the, like, a quick turnaround in terms of games. Yeah, but so. Gopler's already said he doesn't hold that as an excuse ever. Mm-hmm. There's a very light schedule here compared to Europe, so that he won't make any allowances for that. All the field play first team both times. That brings us to the big blue. Arguably the game of the round... Potentially a season decider. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling it. (laughs) Go on, give us a score then, Kev. Going to draw. Draw? Yeah. I think it's going to be a good draw, though. Fancy 3-3. Thriller. Get your tickets if you've not already. Cronin. Um, I'm backing Melbourne victory. So I think it's going to be close. 3-2 3-2 Melbourne Lots of goals mm. uh, One all oh, Not so many goals Conservative Do you know what I'm going to go with Sydney uh, I, I tried to talk up Adelaide Melbourne uh, Adelaide Melbourne victory a couple of weeks ago said put four on, over four and a half goals <laughs> <laughs> ended up being like one all <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sticking to his early from that one What do you think the score is going to be? 2-1 uh, Sydney 2-1 Okay yeah, I've got a home win. And um, the other game, Saturday night, Perth Wanderers. Top of the table versus joint bottom. Can't see this finishing any other way than another glory win, I'm afraid. Mm. <sighs> oh, dear. No, I think Wanderers will win. I have to back up my claims early and say the Perth's luck will run out. So I think in this game, Wanderers. Uh, 1-0. Likewise. 1-0 Wanderers. Yeah. 2-0. Glory. 2 Glory. I, I I said it was going to be a cagey affair, but it's 1-0. One 1-0 one Glory, I'm going for. Topper uh, Stanley is away with the Socceroos, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Sticking with my 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Did Perth lose anyone? Nichols. Nichols. Did Keo go to Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> and the last game... City versus Mariners Sunday afternoon City win Got a back City Yeah City in a big way City in a big way Yeah I can see that being 2-1 uh, 2-1 actually 
not that big, big enough. 2-1 City, Corona? No, 2-0, actually. 2-0. 2-0, change my mind. How many goals has the Mariners scored this season? Three goals. Three goals. Yeah. Two. Two. Conceded five. Two cups. Who scored them? God. Kind of very memorable, were they? Maybe it was... Maybe Donaghy scored them both. Yeah, Melbourne Melbourne City, 2-0. Now. Melbourne City 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one. Donaghy with the iron goal Phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> One goal One goal <laughs> uh, I, I think this is going to be a, a big one of the game Big one of the rounds Sorry I'm going 4-1 Sitting Wow You still think Mariners will score? <laughs> yeah Good on you And, um, and that's it So um What's it, any any other predictions for the for the next round game of the game of the week? Do you think it is going to be the big blue? I um, yeah, I think it probably will be. How's ticket sales going with that one? That's a good question. Actually, I'm not having yeah, any trouble with it yet. Um, Anyone going? I'm yeah, gone. I think I might take a trip along. Yeah. yeah. I have to tell the missus. Tim, disinterested, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a boring fan. Don't go. Don't go for anyone in the league. Never go to games. I'm just a sad old person. Well, I guess it works if you're just being if you're at home and yeah. analysing matches. It's a lot yeah. better than with your yeah. with your um, pro zone pad. <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> yeah, chocolate. Moving the ketchup bottle around the table <laughs> to see who's playing in the hole. Um, uh, good stuff. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Um, we'll just a little bit what, of time for what's so tomorrow on Thursday. I think we may have mentioned it a few times in the breaks, but um, but, but Kev, do you want to give us a bit of a um, a, a bit of your um, uh, what's in the mag? Oh, um, have we got a new mag out? We still. do. Gosh, yeah, that's great. We're still um, doing the mags. Apparently, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it fills my time during the day. It's great. It keeps me off the street, doesn't it? Um, we've got a special report from David Veer. Uh, and oh, you've listened to the advert. You're not going to be say it all over again. But frankly, it's great. It's out on Thursday. Buy it. Get a subscription. Have a look on iPad because it's even better on iPad. There's even more pages in it. It's sensational. Um, but just buy it. One way or another, buy it. It's great. You'll enjoy it. Money back if you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> my my pick of the mag is um, uh, well, I've got, I've got two actually. Um, I, I really liked the um, Out of Africa uh, to Oz feature. That's a, a really interesting insight into. Um, the addition of uh, sort of immigrant nations coming into the country and and how that's affected football in the country, and um, and then one which is um, fascinating, which is a lot of information there that I didn't really realise from uh, from the global game, which is the world's deadliest derbies. Um, I really enjoyed that. That was uh, you, you know. It's amazing looking into uh, all the different derbies. Um, and it's quite apt as we've got the one of um, the A League's longest standing derbies coming up this weekend. Indeed, bit of a bit of a plug for myself. I spoke to a Shane Smeltz, which is also in the bag. It's a bit boring, but anyway, it's not boring. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. It's never boring. Jeez. It's a great feature. A bit of a plug for himself. It's a bit boring. (laughs) (laughs) That is the worst plug I've ever heard from anyone. (sighs) Someone would think we actually work for the magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, let's leave it there. Um, Cronin, don't say any more. Just say bye. 
See you. <laughs> Kevin Hurst, thanks for your time. Cheers. Get them out. Tim Palmer, good night. See you later. <laughs>